Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Seminole Softball Rap Podcast. Brian Peller and Gwen Rhodes checking in kind of, I guess, halfway through the Women's College World Series here. Four teams out, four teams left. Florida State, one of yeah. the four, 2-0 and to start it. Uh, gotta say it's a pretty strong final four they've got going here, huh, Gwen? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really impressed with the teams that are left outside of Florida State, obviously. You're not impressed with Florida State? I am, but like, that's a given. Oh, okay. You, you were pre, pre-impressed with Florida State. Uh, yeah. Two, two great games, and I messaged you after the Washington one. I, I, I was like, that was a really good softball game. Um, mm-hmm. I was nervous, which is not something I think I've done yeah. this season. Um, the first one, uh, another run rule. And I think you kind of said this set up pretty well for them. And obviously it has at this point two and zero at the women's college world series. First time in school history, right? Yep. Yeah. So look at me deferring to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's worked out great. They're set up great. So we'll, we'll take a look at the two games they've played so far, look ahead and kind of take a look at what's left. Obviously Tennessee's first on the docket and what could be waiting for them on the other side, Oklahoma. Um, so we'll look at that and kind of come back around and have you updated there. So we'll start with the opener, Oklahoma State, uh, 8-0-6. Um, you, you had kind of a mess there. It was a rain-delayed start, the rain delay in the middle. Um, but you, you Kat got the start, which I think was not surprising at all, right? I think you kind of expected the same. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then, and then they kind of jumped out quick. You had the the Area 51 homer right off the bat, make it 2 nothing in the first. I liked your, your graphic you put out. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll let you describe it. Graphic case. design is my passion. <laughs> For the people at home, it's at OK Gwen, O-K-A-Y-W-G-W-Y-N. If you guys are just not, if you haven't heard the two starts already, I false started yeah. this thing twice because I couldn't even get Gwen's name right or now I can't spell. You know how it is. But uh, I guess describe it. You you had all the home runs just on a yeah, map there. It was like a map of the United States, and every city that she like hit a home run in, it was like a little UFO graphic. <laughs> she's she's leaving the yard all over the place. You, you took the two nothing lead there, and I don't know. I mean, the way Cat looked, this one never felt like from there it really got away. I mean, obviously it didn't. Yeah. You run ruled them, but it never really even felt very pressured. Just kind of like were they going to run rule or not from this point? Um, yeah, had, I mean. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, yeah, Kat's obviously like our most experienced player in Oklahoma City, and like her not getting the start, I feel like wasn't even a question. Um, Kat knows what to do in Oklahoma City, and yeah, so starting her was a no-brainer. Yeah, and the the offense being able to quickly jump out front and then keep building on it allows you to get her out of there early and and kind of rest up a bit, which is is nice, especially with, with the wind they break, but. 
Um, one thing I think was big with the rain delay kind of um, you came out and I guess the first big play after that was that I guess Oklahoma State did push there. They had the double. Well, I guess it was only a single, but uh, Janai and Dev combined for the, uh, I guess, tag to the face or whatever you want to call oh, Dev doing gosh. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it looked like they were going to have second and third and, and Dev with a nice spin around quick, realized where she was and just, just, uh, I don't know, everyone was very excited about it. Like, well, she just smacked that girl in the head. Yeah, it was great to see, like, after that rain delay, like, you think, like, oh, Oklahoma State's going to gain a little bit of momentum or whatever. But, I mean, I feel like that play by Janai and Dev took it right back and showed we weren't messing around. Yeah, and it was good, too, because, like, you know, by, by the top of the third, Oklahoma State's kind of had one trip through the order. You've seen how Cats kind of yeah. pitched to everyone. That was a chance for them to just take some time to go back and be like, all right, let's all reset and see how it goes. Uh, you force yeah. an Oklahoma State pitching change to start the third. It's a uh, – Janai walk, parting doubles. They end up uh, holding Kerr at third. I, I thought they were going to send her there, but, you know, not my business. I'm not the third base coach, so be it. I thought – I think uh, Kaylee Harding's been fantastic all uh, postseason. We haven't talked about her much, but I feel like she's been great. Yeah, and I think, like, I said this a little bit on our last show. Like, Oklahoma State and us are in completely different positions than we were, like, two months ago when we played each other. Um, Because back then, like, Oklahoma State obviously dominated us, and we weren't really giving them much of a fight sometimes. Um, And it was, like, it was the complete opposite this game, and that still rang true. Like, that pitching change that Kenny Gajewski made um, in the third inning after the rain delay going to Kyra Acock, you know, Kyra Acock completely shut us down in that third game, and that's exactly what Kenny Gajewski was thinking she was going to do again, and that we were the same team that was just going to fold to her, and we didn't. Um, So it was interesting to see him make that change when – we're very clearly not the same team we were back in March. Yeah, you, the uh, the base path aggression was kind of part mm-hmm. of it and just the ability to put balls in play. So Michaela strikes out there to, to I guess you got second and third. Michaela strikes out, but Dev gets, I don't know if they ruled it an infield single. I think they might have called it an error. The, the liner kind of towards first, like I booted into foul territory. Janai scores, Harding gets thrown out at, at home. Uh, but you're up three nothing in, in the third, which I think still feels pretty good. Like you mentioned, you're, you're not getting shut out by her, and you've kind of taken that um, momentum back. The you, cat throws up the zero, and and you yeah. come out and put another run on their on their pitcher there. Yeah, and like that's what you want to see. Like especially, like I said, Kyra shutting us down back in March. Like we didn't give her like a chance to breathe. It felt like, um, and we didn't give her you know anything at all. So. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna I mean, see. You jumped right back on her in the fourth. You had the max yeah. single, the the Belvive pinch run, stolen base, because that's just what she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Caser walks. You had a ground out that moved in the second and third. And then Muffley with the with the bunt off a pitch that uh, nearly hit her. Yeah, that was crazy, right? Just it was it was really breaking in on her legs. And she just some I don't know. First of all, I don't know how she got the bat to it. And then enough to actually just drop it perfectly out front instead of, you know, pushing it foul or something. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the athleticism that Josie Muffley has, I mean, we're going to say this again, maybe like 15 minutes when we talk about <laughs> the Washington game. But yeah, it was just, I, I don't know, I guess nothing should surprise me anymore that she does, but that was definitely a little bit surprising. And one thing that did scare me on this play was was uh, the slide from Autumn in the home. It looked like her leg got caught underneath her. Obviously, it didn't end up mattering yeah. much, but I was like, oh, no, I didn't like that. Yeah, she was kind of wincing a little bit, but she seems to be fine. Yeah, they... Um... 
So, so you get two on there, and then uh, you're up four nothing, and, and Mudge with the blast to the opposite field. Uh, yeah, she crushed. She crushed that ball. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how this team can go from small ball. And you, I mean, Mudge has shown power in the past, so it's not completely surprising that she done that. But like, you know, when you go from Josie to Mudge, you don't think, oh, we're gonna go from small ball to power instantly. Um, and that's what happened. And it just showed like the versatility of the team. Like Mudge doesn't have to slap or she doesn't have to bunt to get her way on or like single through. Like she can hit bombs. Um, so it was really great to see her do that. And and she, uh, you know, to do it from the nine hole into the one spot in the order to go from a, a squeeze bunt to a three run opposite field homer is. It's yeah. what we talked about. This lineup can beat you so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously up seven, nothing there to end the fourth. And that really. um allowed you to have this large lead you get cat out of there in the sixth and put mac in which is i think exactly what you would have wanted is is someone you can trust Mm -hmm. to go out there and just give you a zero or you know mac's not going to shy from the spotlight and be able to handle the moment um and you you then basically just did your amaya play to to close out the game uh put her in she steals second she gets the third on on a uh on the throw because that's just mm-hmm. I feel like every time she steals the ball bounces in the center that uh, literally pretty much is yeah I mean it's, it's it seems like how it always goes and then uh Janai kind of ends it with the or kind of ends it she does end it with the infield single I think they reviewed that one but it was I thought it was pretty clear she was safe yeah um so you got a run rule win an 8-0 over Oklahoma State and like you mentioned a team that beat you two out of three earlier this year and you just kind of showed like we're not that team and we we are better than the number six team in the country. I don't think you left any room for debate on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you flip around, that sets you up against Washington. Um, you know, your, your, your school there, um, your, uh, your rival, your good friend, look at, she's throwing a dubs down for those of you watching, which is none of you, because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> uh, Washington had beaten, <laughs> They had beaten Utah earlier in the weekend, four to one. So you've got the the play in or play in the uh, driver's seat game, if you will. Uh, they go to McKenna on yeah. this one to start the game, and she walks the first batter on four pitches, and it seemed like mm, don't like that. Uh, I did think it was a tight zone all night. I don't, I don't know how you watched that. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of a tough to get strikes. Yeah, and I think that's probably why McKenna was pulled a little bit early, like. A, she wasn't getting the swings and misses that she normally does. And, like, I think right now in McKenna's development, that's all she has is a little bit of – or, you know, that's mainly her go-to pitch is the rise ball. So if she's not getting that, um, she's not going to be effective. And then, plus, she got called for one illegal pitch. Um, and there was no doubt she would get called again. So it was the smart decision to take her out. And like you said, yeah, a little bit of a small strike zone. So anything that she could have brought down would have – Put, be put in play and probably out of the yard for sure yeah the uh that was actually my next question was was it too quick of a hook but for you now you you think good decision there yeah and plus like with a runner on base um cat coming in I think I actually can probably look but you know cat coming in I think she walked her first batter or something like that but I mean it was it was a long a really long a b that ended in like a single kind of yeah, past third yeah. down the third baseline yeah, so like she got her first batter on, but you know when you bring in Cat with a runner on base, like the expectation is for her to roll a ground ball um, and get a double play. So that was probably a little bit going into the thinking as well. Yeah, and, I, and it felt like um, 
it was kind of the opposite of the Oklahoma. Like it was basically used. I thought I took it as using the kind of like what you said for Oklahoma State's strategy of like, Cat's just going to shut this down, and if we can score, great. And yeah, just, it's going to be a low scoring game kind of situation. Yeah, uh, but Cat does come in. I mean, we mentioned that single she gave up with the runner already on. Uh, hit by pitch ended up loading the bases for uh, All American Bailey Klingler. Right, I got mm. that right, Klingler. Yeah, I think I... that's a fun name to say. I think. I, yeah, it rolled off my tongue. I was like, did I say that right? It just it rolled very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was I think the the battle we kind of expected, but she got the first pitch line out that really get out of the inning. It was hit, it was hit well, but right at him. Yep. I mean, Hallie played absolute great right field. There were two really close plays that she had that were just outstanding and closed out the inning. So props to Hallie. Yeah, she had the diving catch in the was it the first or yeah, the first. It had to be the first because this was the second. Um, the, the hitting I'll, I'll, I'll turn to here is, um, I felt like they had some really strong two strike hitting in the bottom of the second. You had dev double on a two strike pitch. Um, Mac reaches on the error on that, like line drive to third. Uh, and then Katie Dak does the same thing with a two strike, uh, hit to load the bases. And, um, they just really found their timely hitting in this inning, um, Washington pulled them in for Muffley, I guess, expecting her to lay down the bunt. You just saw, we just talked about it. And, um, you know, she hits one through the left side because they're pulled in. So you, you, you take that one lead quick and, and keep them loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And against, you know, a pitcher like Ruby Malin, like Ruby Malin's going to shut you down early um, and capitalizing on those two strike approaches, like is what is going and what did help us be Washington and take Ruby out of the game. Yeah, you get her out of the game right there, up one nothing, and and we talk about it a lot, like the way this team plays and the speed, and they talk about it a ton on the broadcast too. That like the speed puts so much pressure on you. But I mean, this is another example of it's not even, it's I wouldn't even know if it's the speed, but like this the idea of your ability to play the small ball way to steal and bunt and and have the speed and put pressure on you forces them to pull them in, so that way Muffley Josie can't just drop it down, and she can hit a weak single just yeah. through the left side. Um, so yep. you do, they, they do make the change. You go to Mudge or Mudge is up and she hits a sack fly to put you up to nothing, but that kind of ended the rally right there. And, that, but that was the runs you needed for the game as it turned out. But, um, I think you would have liked to have had more with the bases loaded there, but it, you got the runs you could. Yeah. And that's just kind of how the game happens sometimes, like against a team like Washington and they have a really great defense and obviously really great pitchers. So sometimes grittiness is, I mean, Washington's a gritty team. I've said that before. So, like, when you're playing a team like that, it's not going to be an 8-0 run rule. It's going to be these 3-1 wins for sure. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, they there was no shortage of mentioning it on the broadcast, but the um, Washington-McNeese come-from-behind win yeah. that that I guess we live podcast in, which is always great. Um, you know, that, that – they're not going to quit, you know, try and scrape every run you yeah. can through. It's not a team that's going to fall over and just give up. And and um, the way that they had rebounded from that series where they kind of started dominating the pitching, they were dominating in the uh, at the plate. You, you knew you kind of needed every run you could, um, especially with the way they had been pitching. Yeah. And like that kind of brings up when Mac Leonard bunted for the first time, probably ever <laughs> like, you know, putting Mac in that situation to bunt, it was, it was one of those positions where it's like, yeah, we need this run. um, And this is the way to do it. So see Mac be that selfless. um, Cause you know, we all know Mac, she's a power hitter. She can go a yard, she can hit a double, but to see her lay down that bunt and bring in the run was great 
team play for sure. Yeah, they um, they were willing to do whatever it took to win this game, and I think that's the yeah the way that this team can do that. And like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the selflessness to say, you know what, it's fine. I'm I'm going to bunt because that's what we need to do, and yeah, just get the runs across. Um, especially when I felt like Washington was putting together really good ABs against Cat over they and over were. again. Yeah, I mean, I think they said this on the broadcast, like Cat throws for strike pitches. Um, so them hitting early in the cow and, you know, um, fouling off pitches early was their motive. And that's what they did. And even the balls that they put in play that were outs or singles or whatever, like they were good all it hits um so they definitely knew their approach coming in against cat and they did pretty well i think i mean for the lack of runs they had but i think they did they did it so yeah it felt like cat even coming in in the second her her pitch total was high a lot um she was able to put up zeros until the six but it just seemed like every time i was like man this is another really good at bat six seven pitches six seven eight pitches um in that six they had the leadoff double um another long ab ended up with a single and um it would have left runners on first and third. The throw from Mudge came into second, uh, and they sent the runner from third home. Um, what what did you make of the play? What did you uh, – the broadcast kind of quickly blamed Mudge and was like, oh, she's got to hit her cut off there, and that's on her. She's got to pick pick yeah. up there. Um, I guess what do you make of that from, from home? I do agree. Like, you want to keep the runner at third base, and you have to throw to Josie or the third baseman to do that. Um, because Josie was helped coming covering third as the cutoff, but I I think it was just like a mental mistake. Like we all have those moments, um, and unfortunately Mudge had cost hers, but luckily it didn't spiral to anything more. To anything more. Yeah, she did also have the play earlier in the game. Uh, it was like the fly out where it looked like it was kind of Janai's ball, but she stepped over and took yeah. it anyway. Yeah. Um, a, a, a tough day in the field for Mudge. I mean, obviously, like you said, it didn't end up biting them, but kind of a couple of odd plays there. Yeah. Um, but you know, ultimately, Cat gets out of it there. Um, the intentional walk kind of gets them through it, or they intentional walk and Cat gets out of it. And you mentioned in the in the bottom of the bottom. sixth, it's a two one game at that point. Dev single steals second because she always does. Uh, the Mac bunt brings her in, and and you take that three one lead. Um, just it seems like Florida State softball at that point. It, it's the Dev single, and I'm taking second right off the jump. Yeah, I mean, we've said this countless times, but like the team just knows what to do to get ahead or push back. You know, Washington pushed in the sixth, but we pushed right back in the bottom of the sixth. Um, and like Dev stealing second, like that was probably like the most hype I've ever seen Dev. <laughs> uh, she was so excited to steal second and take that for a team and give, you know, we were already up two to one. So it's like, why does this, why, why does this need to feel so big? But it, it does feel big because a team against like a team like Washington, like you can't give them too much because they absolutely will take it. Um, and seeing Dev like have that excitement and then Mac do what she did and bunt, like it was just great to see. Um, even though we had the lead, they knew how important that one run back was going to be. Yeah, it was it was the weekend of Dev, the tag to the face and the screaming when when stealing second. She was yeah. really feeling herself. Uh, <laughs> the other play this inning that I think is worth talking about was the. Uh, Ball hitting the gap. They had, they had the runner on first. Uh, I believe Haley was on first. Um, the the center fielder kind of dove. It's it in the glove, popped out. Yeah. And 
Keen and her like almost crossed paths, but didn't. And you ended up with first and second when maybe you probably should have had second and third. Yeah. I understand kind of how you ended up there, but yeah, probably ended up in the long run costing them a run, an extra run. And I think leaves yeah. kind of like that, uh, that, that hurts kind of attitude, especially when the next play is that uh, liner to right that ends up in a double play. Yeah, I think, I mean, we didn't play clean softball, I think at all, but no, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like we won. So it's like you take the win, but at the same time, you have to understand those errors that were made and like those mental mistakes um, like Mudge or B. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't really say BK almost passing Hallie is a mental mistake. That's just kind of like the weirdness of the play um, yeah. taking things and moving on to Tennessee and cleaning all that up. Yeah, I think it was a perfect inning that, you know, we've had some people complain in our comments about, oh, I hate that they're constantly take, trying to take extra bases. They're basically trying to, they're always trying to do this. And there were just a few errors in this inning in base running that was kind of, I guess, the bad of that, where if you're, you're one of the people who don't like the base running, the aggressive approach, I could see where you're like, oh, that's annoying. But like we talked about with the dev and 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 the bunt, the aggressive base running is what got you the run. So there was just like the perfect... This is why they run. This is why, I, you know, if I don't think they should run, this is the opposite, you know, in the same inning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, I believe this, this is a pro run the bases podcast. If you were curious, <laughs> yes. uh, seventh inning started with another one of those long ABs that ends in a single off a cat. And then you get the Bailey Klingler single the other way. And you're, you're kind of in trouble at that point. You get the fly out for the first out. And then, as you mentioned, the very athletic play from Muffley, Going up, snagging the line drive with, I think, the last couple stitches of that glove, pulling it down and getting the double off <laughs> at, at second. And uh, it was, it just felt like chaos hit the field. Uh, the video that Florida State put out, like the cameras, just like everywhere, like, I don't know where to go. I don't, everything is just, everyone's screaming, everyone's running, everyone's throwing everything. Uh, but I mean, it's a huge win. It was yeah. a huge play to end the game. Yeah, and it was number three on Sports Center last night. Too so, low. shocker, Josie Muffley got on Sports Center again. <laughs> Um, the importance of that game, obviously being able to take the driver's seat for your side of the bracket, you, you move into the win one of two and you're in the championship. Um, but you also get the opportunity to do that without falling into Oklahoma's side of the bracket. And we'll get to them in a second, but, um, just the, your thoughts on, on like how important winning that game is for the ability to move forward when, win. win and, and advance possibly to the World Series, I guess, uh, obviously very important to win, but just what else it means that comes with it? Yeah, like just facing Tennessee tomorrow, like if we were in Tennessee spot and Tennessee was in ours, like, you know, Tennessee's a great team, like they have a great pitching staff. And if you're in the loser's bracket having to face Tennessee twice, possibly, you know, win one and win another, like, that's a lot harder of a position than to take one from Tennessee um, and be in the position that we are. So like the pressure's a little bit off, I think. Um, and you, you don't have to automatically go into the next day and think, oh my God, we have to face Ashley Rogers, Peyton Goshall, and Carlin Pickens. You have to think about, oh, we'll probably face Peyton Goshall tomorrow. And how can we capitalize on her to take the win and go to the championship series? Yeah, as you as you're listening to this, it's uh, probably Monday morning. We're we're recording this Sunday night. Depending on when you listen, the first of the, I guess the final four games. Depending if these four games all happen, I, I can't imagine they all do. But 
uh, are probably underway. Oklahoma Stanford is the early game window. They've got Oklahoma obviously in the driver's seat there. Stanford has to beat them twice to advance the championship series. Uh, Florida State, Tennessee, that's the seven o'clock start, I believe. They are uh, mm-hmm. obviously Florida State, as we mentioned, in the position to win two and advance. Uh, before I make you, um, no, I'll just jump straight to Florida State, Tennessee. Um, I, I messaged you earlier this weekend watching the uh, WCS, and I'm trying to pull CWS. I'm trying to pull up my my expert line I gave you here. I just scrolled right mm-hmm. past it. Um, let's see. I said, I don't have a real outlet for these expert thoughts, so you get them in the message. It was Tennessee, comma, pretty good. And your response was LOL facts, which you hit me with the ice spice on that. So thank you. <laughs> uh, so thoughts, Tennessee, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, this game they just played against Oklahoma State for a while was kind of like a lot of nothing. But I mean, Tennessee can just, they literally can do it all. Like they can obviously pitch. They have a very deep pitching staff. Well, I mean, not deep compared to us, but like, you know, their level of, you know, pitchers and how good they are and just their batters. Um, and obviously their defense is just outstanding. So it'll definitely be a tough game. Um, whoever we get in the pitching circle, I think it'll be Peyton Gottschall, but we have to absolutely capitalize on her as early as possible. Um, because, you know, if they take her out for some reason and we get Carlin Pickens, or I don't think we'll get Ashley Rogers again, we'll probably get Carlin Pickens. Like, Carlin is a little bit up and down right now, but if she is the Carlin of March and February, she is just absolutely unhittable for sure. Yeah, the, it's it's funny. You and I were talking about this before we started looking at the leaderboard um, of the NCAA stats all over team-wise, just so I, I could contribute something as opposed to just like, when, thoughts. Um, you know, it was funny because I pulled up like the ERA leaders and uh, Oklahoma's one, Stanford's three, FSU's five, and Tennessee is nine. And then in scoring, Oklahoma one, Tennessee two. Like, you know, you, you've got a team here who can pitch really yeah. well and, and can hit the ball. Um, luckily, you only had to beat them once. Yep. You get two tracks at it. Um, I, I don't know how much more there is there. I mean, do you do you expect this to be a cat starts game one situation? I don't know. I feel like I I want to say no. I feel like maybe Mac will start. Um, we've obviously seen McKenna start, so I don't think McKenna's going to start. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be entirely surprised if Ali Dubois starts, but I do think it'll be Mac. Why do you lean Mac? Is it the veteranness? Is it the kind of similar approach to? I was going to say the South Carolina, but who started that game? I don't have my notes Allie in front of me for that. that Allie started that game? The first one, yeah. Um, you're kind of in the same situation. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if it's something similar, but why Mac? Um, I just think, you know, Mac coming in in that Oklahoma State game was like kind of priming her a little bit. Obviously, we just kind of threw McKenna into the fire, but that's kind of what we've done all season for her starts. Um, I just think Mac coming in in the Oklahoma State game was kind of that little toe dip into the pool of Oklahoma City. Okay. And then I imagine if they take a lead, maybe at that point, it's where we start to see that maybe Cat gets loose and, and you try to end it right there in game one. Yeah, I would I would think so. Or maybe if the score is big enough, I kind of doubt it will be. But, you know, if we have a two or three run lead, maybe because we haven't seen Allie or Allison at all 
Um, so maybe getting them some innings. I uh, think it should be a, a, a good one game, hopefully, uh, if there's two. Obviously, I think it'd be a two good games. I mean, yeah. we've talked about it all postseason. You're playing the best of the best. You're now in the Final Four, and, and you're playing a team that's uh, the number four seed in this tournament. So it, it's a team that can do it all. They won the SEC tournament as well? They did, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're playing the, the SEC champion and, and a, a team that obviously is – worthy of being here so you just need to play play your play good games of softball don't have where the the mental mistakes the the uh dropping the ball throwing the wrong bait those situations you know just play a good clean game and i have to imagine out of the two this team is capable of taking at least one yeah well it's not at least one they're only going to take one if they're going to take one uh looking at the other side of the bracket i ask a very simple question um well, actually, you know what? I want to preface it because last week, again, we did the podcast and the comments. Um, I, I brought up the article, and I think the last question I put on there that we discussed was, um, "Can anyone solve Oklahoma and and end their winning streak?" And the comments were like, "I don't get it. Oklahoma's beatable. I don't understand it. They're not really that good." Um, and my counterpoint is, they have the longest winning streak that's ever existed. So, how beatable can they be? Um, so my question there is, do you give in Stanford any chance? I think, yeah, like they, they played Oklahoma, um, really well that first game. They were, it was a, that was a close one. Yeah. Like Nigeria Kennedy, like absolutely was nails for a lot of the game. Um, and I honestly, I don't think I'd be, I mean, they have a great one too with her and Alana Vodder. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if. Alana gets to start tomorrow. Um, but I mean, Nigeria was like absolutely shutting them down. It was just their Stanford offense that couldn't touch Jordy Ball. Um, so I, I, I would not be, I truly kind of think that Nigeria is going to start tomorrow against Oklahoma, um, even though they've already seen her. Like they said this on the broadcast earlier, like Nigel wants to know how good the hitters are that she's going to face because um, that only makes her better. Um, so I definitely think she would start tomorrow to be honest and like that it was a 2-0 win like I who knows the last time Oklahoma had a 2-0 win um against anybody so yeah it was a 2-0 that I believe I'm trying to pull it up now but I believe it was uh it wasn't like it was like an early no it was very uh, late in the game I think it was like the fifth or sixth inning of course I google it the first thing that comes up is like a February game that was like 10 to 2 or something um it was in the fifth inning, yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, later in the game, and I – was that the um, – I'm trying to remember. I believe I watched this. Was this the ground ball in the outfield and the left fielder kicked it and then the run scored maybe? Yeah, the scoring summary said Jada Coleman singles to left, advanced to second on the air, RBI. Riley Boone advanced to third, scored on a fielding error by the left fielder. Yeah, because I, I thought it went off the bat. I didn't think – I thought it was hit maybe too hard or the left fielder was going to have a play at home. Um, or at least maybe hold the runner and then she, uh, she kicked it out in a left center and that was it. There was two runs there. So, yeah, I mean, if you, even if you make that play, you're still at zero, zero. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, Oklahoma has already started Jordy ball twice. I think they'll probably go to Nicole May this game. Cause she's kind of like their one, a one B with Jordy. Um, so yeah, I think Nicole May is going to start tomorrow. The one thing that we did also talk about beforehand, I mentioned, you know, uh, Stanford, number three in ERA in the country. 
um, Oklahoma number one, obviously, and then scoring Oklahoma number one, Stanford one eleven in scoring. You and I were trying. I was trying. I, I recruited your help in finding them in the uh, NCAA scoring because I was like, I'm beyond page one. I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, if you're not a page oneer, <laughs> they're going to have to find a way to score if they're going to push Oklahoma. How do you see Florida State stacking up with either of these two remaining teams? I think we know how to approach Oklahoma. Maybe it would be a little bit different, but we played Oklahoma in March for a reason. Um, To just in case we play Oklahoma at any point down the season, that was what it was. Um, So we have a mindset going into Oklahoma. We know what to do. We know how to approach them. Um, And our our hitters have seen a couple of different of their pitchers. So it's not like they're like the biggest mystery to solve. Um, but I think Stanford is the bigger mystery. Um, just Nigeri Kennedy. I saw this insane stat today. I'll have to pull it up really fast. Um, let me see. So um, Nigeri Kennedy did not have a single three ball count today in their game against Washington and was 0-2 um, against 13 of her 25 batters faced. So she like absolutely does not mess around. And the, the mindset probably is if we're facing Stanford somehow, some way that you have to get ahead early on her, you have to take things early and you have to foul balls off early. Um, and if you make a single mistake, she's going to take it from you. Um, but yeah, so I don't think we'll see Stanford, but it's, I think honestly, it would be a lot harder to face the Stanford pitching staff than it may be Oklahoma for sure. Yeah. When you faced uh, Oklahoma earlier this year it was a five, four loss. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a cat start, gave you two innings. McKenna gave you two-thirds of an inning. Allie gave you one. And then Allison, uh, pretty good two and a third, two hits, and a walk. Uh, and then the Oklahoma side, so you've seen um, Jordy Ball was the final three innings, but Alex started the first four. Alex DiRocco? Yep. Nailed it. Um, so you, you've seen Jordy at least one full time through the order. And then they've only, you know, you gave Cat two innings. You kind of let everyone, I guess, get a taste. And Allison was the most successful of your group. But um, obviously, like we talked about earlier, this is the same. This is a different team than the one we saw play Oklahoma State just two days before this game. um, Or when you really saw you were there. So (laughs) Um, anything you think is worth noting heading into this, Uh, the way they're using the lineup, the the. Anything in, in the improvement you've seen in just the two games in Oklahoma City? Is, is there anything bigger there that you think warrants attention? I find it really interesting that Katie Dack is getting a starting spot again. Um, who knows why she hasn't been playing the last month? I don't know. Um, but it's it's nice to see her getting more consistent at-bats. Um, I think this is when we need her to get you know more consistent at-bats to give us more of a chance. Um, so, yeah. I'm hoping that she can break out a little bit more, maybe tomorrow or if we get to the championship series. Feels like she's due for one. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, obviously she hasn't played a lot in the last month, but I was sitting there the other day and I was like, you know what? It just feels like this is going to be like the crack. That's a two run homer. And, and there we go from there. Yeah. Oklahoma City needs to see a Dak Jack for sure. <laughs> a big daddy Dak Jack. Not to be confused with the mom bombs from regional weekend. Uh, if that championship series does happen, it's Wednesday, Thursday, and the if necessary on Friday, all those games on ESPN. I think it's 8, 7, 30, and 8. I looked it up earlier. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think that's the schedule. Um, Florida State has has one game, or they have two games to get one 
tomorrow or today, because you're listening to this on Monday, if you're listening to it. Um, and then we will see what happens from there. Hopefully we have a uh, championship series to discuss. I don't know. It's that point of the year, man. Everyone's good and it's hard. To, everyone's got the strengths. Everyone's got the thing that could happen. And, you know, yeah. it's just go play your game and, and, and you leave your best out there is all you can really ask to do. Yeah. At this point, like you have to be playing almost impeccable softball. And if, if you aren't playing impeccable softball, you sure as hell have to know how to come back. Um, so general advice, general <laughs> tip. I don't general, know. That and just let uh, Sid Cheryl and, and the rest of the, I don't know if they were team little sisters or whatever that was, just have them hang on the fence that, and that scream was, at the umpires. Uh, assistant coach, that was assistant coach Troy Cameron's daughter. That the whole squad was going nuts over there. The whole front row was just hanging on the fence. I, I, that was um, a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so maybe that's the secret weapon to, to eventually advance the championship series. But uh, uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>